On today's show, the Houston Rockets limping into the All-Star break after a terrible loss to the injury-ravaged Memphis Grizzlies. How did the Rockets lose this game? Why did they lose this game? A loss so bad that Ime Odoka said post-game that he's going to have to consider a starting lineup change after the All-Star break. That's how bad this one was. The silver lining, though, Amin Thompson continues to look absolutely fantastic in the minutes that he is getting. We're going to unpack it all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. Throw it up to Jalen Green. Shingun here in the short row. Oh, my, that's the no look. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! Look at Tari Eason. Here comes Tari. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. The Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. One thing I have never done is not made the playoffs, and so we want to take that step here as well. Six. Five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, including... YouTube. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked on Rockets part of your day every single day, whether it's on your way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym. Thank you for being an everydayer. Thank you for making LOR part of your day every single day. A lot to unpack on today's episode. The 121-113 loss to the Memphis Grizzlies who are still missing like half their roster due to injury. No jaw, no Desmond Bain, missing so many key role players. Uh, and yet the Rockets somehow managed to find a way to lose to this Grizzlies team. Another terrible loss, series of terrible losses for this Rockets team. We're going to get into the, the how and the why of this loss, as well as the potential ramifications with Ime Odoka talking about postgame, shaking up the starting lineup to get, quote-unquote, more competitors out there from the jump so that they don't get off to these slow starts like they have been in some of these road losses. Uh, also... We're going to unpack and discuss Amin Thompson, who continue. he's the one major silver lining from this game. Amin Thompson looks like the absolute truth. He, he continues to look really solid in the minutes that he's getting. And we'll be revisiting uh, our good friends, the New York Knicks, who are a little salty after their loss uh, with the officiating debacle at the end of the Rockets-Knicks game. They filed a protest. That's how pissy they are. So we'll talk about that too. Let's start that. And I debated this, whether I wanted to start with the good and talk about Amin Thompson and his development and how awesome he looks. Or if I wanted to get the bad and get the muck out of the way, we're going to get the muck out of the way. And I will say also, I apologize from the jump. I, I was dealing with some technical difficulties on my end. And I think I've got it figured out. My webcam has been all messed up. It, I, if you remember it, it froze at the end of last episode that we did with Madison. And the other day it just wasn't working. It would, it would record for five minutes and then it would just freeze in the middle. And uh, I think I got it troubleshooted and figured out. Hopefully it doesn't, knock on wood, freeze during this episode. If it does, whatever, you can stare at my ugly mug while it's frozen. I'll, I'll still get the words out. Uh, but let's get into this Rockets-Grizzlies game because I think there's going to be a tendency for some people to want to point to the defense and be like, oh, the defense is, is not as good as it needs to be for them to win games. The Rockets' defense has actually been okay. Since the start of the new year, they're 11th in the NBA in defense. So in the calendar year 2024, so all of January and, and these few games here in February – 
they are 11th in the NBA in defense. That's good enough to still win games. It's it's not as good as they were earlier this season when they were a top five, top three, number one defense in the NBA. Sure. So they've regressed defensively. But I don't think that's the main problem here. The main problem is since the start of the new year, they are 23rd in offensive rating and they just look like a dumpster fire offensively some nights. I'm so sorry. Like, it's just, there's no other way to put it. This team looks awful offensively and it feels like they don't really have an offensive identity. Uh, It feels like there's a distinct lack of hierarchy in the offense when Fred Van Vliet's not out there facilitating and calming things down and setting the table and making sure the right guys get involved and the right guys get their touches and, and all that stuff. So that's kind of frustrating. And, and it's something that this Rockets team has been trying to overcome over these last you know handful of games without Fred Van Vliet on the court. Uh, and a big part of it's just shooting. This team can't shoot the ball. They are awful at shooting the basketball. And it doesn't help losing Fred Van Vliet and inserting Amin Thompson into the starting lineup. For all the good things that Amin does do and does bring to the table, the Rockets starting lineup now has two non-shooters in it with Alper and Shingoon and Amin Thompson, which puts even more pressure on the other three shooters, Jalen Green, Dylan Brooks, and Jabari Smith Jr. to actually convert on their outside shots. And here's how that trio is doing in the month of February. So first off, in this game specifically against the Grizzlies, Dylan Brooks, 2 of 10, yeesh. Jabari Smith Jr., 0 of 6, yeesh. Jalen Green, 0 of 4, ugh. 2 of 10, sorry, math, 2 of 20, three-point shooting in this game. Dylan Brooks was the only one who hit hit a couple threes out of that trio. 10%, 2 of 20. That is not going to win you many games, if any games, at the NBA level. Now, for the month of February, even after his 2 of 10 shooting performance, Dylan Brooks is shooting 19 of 43, 44.1%. Respectable. Well above average. Kudos. Thank you, Dylan Brooks. Even though this this Grizzlies game was a bad offensive game from him, and more on that in a second. Uh, Next up, Jabari Smith Jr., 10 of 36 from downtown in February. That's good enough for 27.7%. Horrendous shooting numbers. And last, but certainly not least, Jalen Green, 6 of 38 for 15.7% from downtown. You are not going to win a lot of games if two out of your starting two out of your starting five players are shooting that poorly from 3 and then the other two out of the five are non-shooters. You only have one guy who's shooting the ball well in Dylan Brooks and he had a bad shooting night against the Grizzlies, just a a really bad offensive game overall from Dylan Brooks, a lot of isolation, turnaround, fadeaway, MJ-esque, whatever. Like, Dylan Brooks went into his, like, Memphis Dylan Brooks bag, quite literally, in Memphis, and it was a bad experience. It was not fun whatsoever. The offense is catastrophically bad sometimes. And again, they they don't, it seems like they don't have this understanding of, hey, if we get the ball to Alper and Shingun and, and let him collapse the defense and kick it out to the open shooters, or in fact, that, they actually did do that a little bit. It's just, you know, Alpi had a bad offensive night too. I'm not going to, I'm not excusing him. He was bad in this game. He missed a lot of easy buckets that he would normally make. He was only two of seven at the free throw line. That's unacceptable for a guy that gets to the line as much as he does. You cannot be that bad of a free throw shooter. Uh, and he just wasn't, as aggressive as I feel like he normally is early. Uh, He missed a lot of easy shots right uh, around the rim. It was just a bad offensive night for four out of the Rockets, five starters. Amin Thompson was the only one who had a good offensive game, I felt like. Even if you look at the box score at the end, Alper and Shagun, 19 points, 8 of 16 shooting. 
it was not a good game. If you were watching the game, if you watched the entirety of the game, it was not a good game for the usual standards of, of Alper and Shingun. And I think that's where the Rockets' biggest issues really lie, is they, they're still able to lock in offensive, or sorry, defensively, I should say. They're still able to get stops when they need to. Uh, the defense is very much still there, and they're still good. They, 121 is not a great number to give up to the Grizzlies, but I also think a big part of some of their defensive struggles to a, to a lesser degree is because they're not converting offensively, right? That's demoralizing, right? To go down by as many as 10, 15, 20, 25, whatever. They were down by as many as 23 against the Grizzlies in this game. And that's demoralizing to have to dig yourself out of that hole and try and fight and claw and scrap your way back into a game. You just don't have enough energy left in the tank. You don't have enough gas left to get yourself over that hump and eventually win the game. The Rockets didn't have a lead in this game until the top of the fourth quarter. And they only held that lead for what a couple possessions tops. So this has been a recurring theme that we've seen from the Rockets where they just, their offense does does them zero favors. It's, it's already a bad offense. It's really bad on the road and their defense has been good enough to keep them in game. So they're not getting blown out. They're still very much in some of these games and they even claw their way back into some of these games after trailing by, you know, double digits, 20 plus, whatever. They're able to fight and claw their way back in, but they just don't have enough firepower to get over the hump at some point. So, you know, what needs to change for Ime Odoka moving forward? What changes can the Rockets make to add some more shooting to, to, you know, change up the starting lineup. What when Ime Odoka says he needs competitors out there, you know, what is he talking about? We're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the show. Uh, coming up, I do want to get into some other elements from this game. Why, you know, get, get into a little bit more of the why the Rockets fell behind so early to the Grizzlies, as well as we'll get into the, the positives from this one. As few as, as few and far between as they are, Amin Thompson was the one bright silver lining from this game. He continues to look fantastic in his minutes. We're going to get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Robinhood. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you could still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com boost. Subscriptions fees apply now for some legal info claim as of quarter one 2024 validated by radius global market research investing involves risk including loss limitations apply to iras and 401ks three percent match requires Robinhood gold for one year from the date of first three percent match must keep Robinhood ira for five years the three percent matching on transfers is subject to specific terms and conditions Robinhood ira available to u.s customers in good standing Robinhood financial llc member sipc is a registered broker dealer and continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. All right. We talked about the, the ugly and the bad. Got that out of the way. Let's get into some of the positives here really quick because uh, I do want to highlight here and give some flowers to Aaron Holiday and Nate Hinton. Aaron Holiday continues to be uh, a nice offensive spark off the Rockets bench. He got the nod to close out this game instead of Jalen Green, who spent the majority of the second half on the bench. So we're back to Jalen green benchings occurring again. Uh, Aaron holiday though, in this one, 19 points on seven of 13 shooting uh, five of eight from three point land. 
he remains one of the few Rockets who can actually shoot the basketball. So that's at least a welcome sight to see. And then Nate Hinton, who made the most of his minutes when he was out there, 10 points uh, in 14 minutes. He was three of five from the floor, two of three from three point land. I always thought it was weird that Nate Hinton hadn't found a way to like stick around on an NBA roster. He reminds me very much of like a Jose Alvarado type. He just brings a ton of energy and hustle and he he wants to be out there he's a competitor right he want he you can tell he wants to be out there on the court and is making the most of every second that he is out there and there's no excuse for why other players should, who are ahead of him in the rotation who aren't fringe NBA guys whatever shouldn't be giving that exact same type of effort on a nightly basis especially when this team wants to and again the, the playing hopes are probably far and you know far and away gone by this point but for a team that wanted to try and make the play in tournament, a lot of times they do not come out with the right energy. The starters are, are you know, lack, lackadaisical in their approach. It's not good. So I wanted to give those two guys their props really quickly. But the guy, the man of the hour, the guy that we want to talk about here, Amin Thompson, who thank goodness for Amin Thompson's performance, because otherwise I would not have had a lot. I would not have had many good things to say about about this team in this podcast. Um and I probably would have been a lot more negative than I already was in the first segment. But Amin Thompson in this game matches his career high 19 points. So 19 points on 9 of 17 shooting. Didn't attempt a single three-pointer. He was 1 of 3 at the free throw line, so that needs to get better. You know, That's part of the, his growth over time as a shooter. Um, but I'm not going to crucify him for that. 12 rebounds, 6 of which on the offensive glass. 6 and 6 uh, for his rebounding splits. He had 3 assists, 2 steals. A block, only a couple turnovers. He did foul out of the game. He and Alperin Shagud both fouling out of this one. There's a picture that I posted on uh, on social media of them two both sitting on the bench, just because I was like, "It's the future. It's okay. It's it's, it's all going to be okay." I'm trying to I'm trying to look at the positives here. Um, and watching a men play with each passing game he becomes more aware and, and and his understanding grows of how he can impact games. And that's the crazy thing is Amin Thompson doesn't have to score to impact games. So when he is impacting a game with his scoring, that's like a cherry. That's like, you know, the cherry on top of, a, of an already delicious Sunday here because his defense is, is next level. There's, there's an argument to be made that he's already the Rockets best defender. There's a very legitimate argument to be made there. Uh, on top of that, his rebounding is absurd. Having him out there, uh, he fights so hard on the glass. Even when he misses a rebound, even when another player gets the rebound, he has like one to two possessions a game where he just rips the ball away from another guy. Where Or this is my favorite, is when he goes up, knows he can't get the rebound himself, so he goes up and like volleyball swats it away from the from an opposing player who's trying for like an offensive board or whatever, and he gets it to a teammate just because he swats the ball towards another Rockets jersey, and then the Rockets are able to recover it. So even if a Min Thompson doesn't get credited with the rebound, which I actually think he still does as far as NBA scorekeeping goes, I think if you tap the ball, you get credited for the rebound. Either way, it's just impressive watching the ways that he, he j- just rebounding alone impacting the game with that is impressive. And then watching him get downhill, man, the way that he attacks when he gets the ball there, he had, he had one play where it was just a coast to coast dunk because he got the rebound kind of walked the ball up, but he like a Thompson really understands tempo 
and change of pace already as a rookie, which is huge because we've talked about this before with Jalen Green and Jalen Green's in year three and, and has only recently really started to look like he's understanding how he needs to slow down and speed up and, you know, change gears to be able to, you know, get a defender off balance and score with ease. But Men Thompson has that already because he'll he'll walk a ball up He'll walk the ball up and then he'll be going like, you know, jogging, whatever, light walk up the court. And then he'll change gears and, and immediately like turn on the jets and blow by his defender or vice versa. He'll be going full speed, you know, trucking down the court and then he'll he'll hit the gap. He'll hit the brakes at the last second and pull up and slow down. And it really throws the defender off because the defender's trying to run to keep up with him. So seeing a Min Thompson get downhill and attack the way that he has been. First off, it's not super pretty yet because a men still has a pretty loose handle and that's something that he has to tighten up and work on uh over time and, and i'm confident that he'll get to a place where you know it, it's a little bit better a little bit more controlled obviously um he had a couple points in this game where he got poke checked by a grizzlies player and kind of lost the ball or even dribbled it off his foot at one point and those are always those those don't those moments don't look good they don't inspire a ton of confidence but even despite the loose handle He's such an athlete, right? He's so, he's so fast. He's so big, so strong that when he gets going downhill, he just needs a little bit of a head of steam. And then once he gets towards the free throw line, right, it's two more steps, like gather two steps, and then he just finishes right at the rim, usually over the top of the defense. That's the crazy part is he doesn't need like this. He doesn't need like the hezzy tween. He doesn't have to really beat a defender off the dribble because as long as he's able to get a little bit of a head of steam and, and get to his gather around the free throw line and then get to, you know, gather two steps, he's right there at the rim. And he had so many layups where he just goes up and he's just like gently laying the ball in right over the top, you know, right over the top. And his defender couldn't do anything about it. Whether it was him being guarded by uh, Derrick Rose or, or Luke Kennard or Williams Jr. It didn't matter who was guarding him. He was finishing over the top. 9 of 17 shooting in this game. Really impressed with Amin Thompson and, and his poise and his comfortability. And again, to remember that he's only doing this as a rookie. And he's already he missed, what, a little over a month of this season already? So it's not even like he's been active every single game. And he's right there alongside some of his peers who haven't missed any time as rookies this season. His development has been one of the best parts of this season, just watching him start to understand the different ways that he can be impactful. And I do really love that of all the players on this team, I think Amin Thompson has has quite possibly cemented himself as the, the number one best guy when it comes to playing off of Alper and Shingun because he understands how to cut. Like, it's ridiculous how other guys on this team seemingly don't understand the concept of if you move without the basketball and find an opening, Alperin Shingun will nine times out of 10 get you the ball. And Amin Thompson does a really fantastic job of that, where again, he's not he's not content to just sit in the corner or sit at the top of the key and let a defender sag off of him. He's basically, he's constantly being played in the little, in the dunker spot. And he's constantly looking for that little window to sneak in for a little baseline cut and be right there under the rim and be that that release valve for Alper and Shingun, where when Alpi makes his move, if that defender comes over to double him and that defender is coming from Amin Thompson, then the defense has to make a choice. Do you cover Amin Thompson right there at the rim, or do you cover the three-point shooter out in the corner? Now, based on the Rockets' scouting report, 
I don't think you should have to worry about three point shooters, but right. It does put the defense in a pickle where they have to figure out, okay, who am I? It, it puts one defender in between two rockets players. And then the onus is on Al P to make the right read. And there are certain moments where plays got blown up and there were turnovers. Sure. But by and large, I, I love that a man understands his role offensively. And I love that we've seen this little stretch without Fred Van Vliet, where a has been able to run the offense a little bit more, get downhill a little bit more, attack a little bit more. It's been really encouraging. We're seeing a lot of good stuff out of him. And he still hasn't like completely taken over the reins to where he's still being played off ball quite a bit. Like there's still a lot of possessions where Jalen's running the show or Dylan Brooks is running the show or we go to a Shingun post up and a doesn't have the ball in his hands. So the fact that he's able to find ways to be effective without the ball, but also kind of coming into his own when he does have the ball and finding ways to attack, whether it's in transition or in the half court, collapsing a defense, kicking it out to shooters. That's all been really great stuff to watch develop, you know, watch play out for him. So I I'm incredibly excited by his development. The one major silver lining from this ugly rockets loss against the Grizzlies coming up. I do want to get into Ime Odoka's post game commentary about potentially shaking up the starting lineup, as well as we're going to revisit our good friends, the New York Knicks and their uh, protest of their loss uh, here in Houston the other night. We're going to get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Hungry Root. Hungry Root is your partner in healthy living. It's the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get to know your personal health goals, what you like to eat, the kitchen appliances you use, and so much more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole, trusted ingredients. Save hours planning, shopping, and cooking. Hungry Root delivers food you'll love. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Locked on Rockets listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Locked on to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Locked on. Don't forget to use our link so that they know that we sent you. And a final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Let's get into... Ime's post-game comments after their after the Rockets loss to the Memphis Grizzlies because these this, this comment and this answer to this question from Houston Chronicles Jonathan Vagan raised some eyebrows, uh, understandably so because I think there's a couple names that you can point to, but a, a very clear solution to this problem for this Rockets team. So when asked about the Rockets' lack of energy in some of these road games, Ime Odoka's response was. It's definitely a concerning problem. Maybe I have to look at the rotation and the lineup I have out there starting and try to get five competitors out there at one time to avoid poor starts like that. I will look at all of that over the break, look in the mirror at myself and figure out the best way forward to get us off to better starts. Now, I want to say that this issue of the energy, the bad starts, whatever, um, it is not a a one-person issue. It is a team-wide issue. I can point to any number of games where Jalen has been the problem with his energy or Shingun or Jabari or even Dylan Brooks or Fred Van Vliet. Like, I can point to any number of games where multiple guys have had issues from the jump and not been locked in, where the team has been kind of 
the team, not, not a single player, but the team as a whole has been kind of sleepwalking through the first part of the game, kind of how they did against the Grizzlies. That being said, when you look at the season in its entirety, there has been one guy in the Rockets starting lineup that has consistently underperformed relative to expectations, and that guy is Jalen Green. Now, it's been nice seeing the little Lynn Sanity tear that Jalen's been on as of late. However, he had a he had a stinker against the Grizzlies. The problem becomes when you're trying to figure out where you can make an improvement in the Rockets starting lineup. And I think it's very clear that the one guy that you can replace in the starting lineup to, to elevate the entire starting five as a whole, as a unit, is clearly Jalen Green. Because when Jalen isn't scoring the ball well, and even when he's scoring the ball well the way that he was these last few weeks where he was, you know, dropping 25, 30 plus and, and, you know, scoring at the rim effectively, all that, he still wasn't shooting well from outside. And that's still a problem when it comes to spacing and trying to run your offense through Alper and Shangoon and let him get his post-ups and all that. If you can't knock down outside shots, it's going to be a problem. And so that gets compounded by the fact that now you don't have Fred Van Vliet in the lineup, so you've got a Min Thompson out there, so you've got another non-shooter on the floor, a lot of the problems that we talked about in the first segment, all of that. So if you're the Rockets, the name that makes the most sense to replace in the starting lineup with any number of other names on the bench, if this entire Rockets roster was healthy, there's a very legitimate argument to start Tari Eason, there's a very legitimate argument to start Cam Whitmore, there's even a legit argument to start Amin Thompson, and you could start Amin and give him more on-ball duties and let Fred Van Vliet play off-ball because of how impactful Amin Thompson is everywhere else on the floor. From a defensive perspective, from a rebounding perspective, offensively being able to play him in the dunker spot, the way the way that he cuts and plays well off of Alperin Shingun, even though he's not a shooter, there's a lot of arguments to be made here. And we're going to tackle, you know, these arguments in an upcoming episode, which player would make the most sense to insert into the Rockets starting lineup. We'll do that probably very next episode. But I'm curious to know from you, if you're listening to this, if you're watching on YouTube, if you were wearing the head coaching hat, if you were Ime Odoka and you were in the head coach's chair, what starting lineup would you use post-All-Star break? Let's assume everybody is healthy. Tari's leg is magically fixed. Fred the Ductor is good. Cam is fine. Everybody's healthy. What starting lineup would you want to see for the first game out of the gate post-All-Star break? I have my ideas in mind, and I will, I will keep them there because I want to tackle this on a further, further episode because I do think there are very legitimate arguments across the board for Tari, Cam, and Amin. But I think the guy that gets replaced of the current starting lineup, I think it's a very clear answer, and that answer is, is Jalen Green. Um, there might be a... a Less common answer of, of potentially wanting to also swap out a guy like Dylan Brooks and maybe bring him off the bench or even an argument to bring Jabari Smith Jr. off the bench. But I, I think that the way that those guys have played largely for the entirety of the season, not just, you know, their February sample size or how they've played over the last month or whatever, um, you can pull any sample size like that and make a player look good or look bad. So I'm not going to do that. I'm trying to take the season in its entirety. Um, but yeah, that's... I want to give a lot of credit to Ime Odoka for the fact that he's addressing this, that he talked about it, and hopefully that we see some change coming soon. I think that maybe internally the Rockets were committed to, you know, sticking to their starting lineup, sticking to what they, 
you know, wanted to start the season out with and giving, you know, a good chunk of the season to just try every possible variation to give as much runway as possible to Jalen Green to succeed and to, to try and unlock something with him. But he was benched again in this game uh, for a, a large part. He was basically the entire second half. He was benched almost. Uh, I, I think it's becoming pretty evident that that is the variable that you replace. If you're Ime Doka and you want to get your team off to a better start, that's the player who is largely underperformed this season. And like I've said before, it's nothing against Jalen. Maybe a change of scenery does him some good. Maybe coming off the bench and playing in a sixth man role would be exactly what he needs to adjust his mentality to get him to approach the game differently. Maybe his, his newfound skill set, the way that he was scoring the ball over these last couple weeks, maybe that is better utilized coming off the bench because it's better when you're playing in the bench role and it's kind of five out spacing and you're not having to worry about playing through Alper and Shingun and having shooters around him and all that stuff. So there's a lot of arguments. We're going to unpack this all in our next episode, but I want your thoughts in the comments of this episode, uh, as well as we're, we're definitely going to tackle this more in uh, large-scale fashion next time. But uh, final thing here that I wanted to discuss was our good friends, the New York Knicks, uh, who are reportedly filing a protest with the NBA after their loss to the Houston Rockets. And uh, look, I, I just want to address this very quickly at the end of, of this episode because... Uh, yes, we talked about it in the recap of that game. Yes, that call was frustrating and I'm glad it went the Rockets way. I shared my thoughts on it already that if that call had gone against the Rockets, which we've seen calls like that in the past, literally go against the Rockets, the one, uh, on Eric Gordon and De'Aaron Fox a couple years back, right? We've seen stuff like that happen against Houston and it sucks when it does. So it's nice to be on the, on the receiving end of it, but if you're a Rockets fan and you're worried about this protest and, and the Knicks trying to uh, argue that that loss shouldn't have happened because of the uh, the free throws at the end, the best way to look about look at this, and, and shout out to uh, our weekly co-host, the podfather himself, Ben DuBose, who's uh, used this explanation a lot on social media, but the way the protests work is it's about a misapplication of the rules, generally. The last time a protest was fulfilled and granted was because Shaquille O'Neal fouled out of a game because the scorekeeper assigned him a sixth foul when he did not actually record a sixth foul. So they were, they replayed the final, what, like 50 something seconds or whatever of a game between the Miami heat and whoever it was Celtics wizards. I don't know whoever it was. And they replayed the final, like 50 seconds, 50 something seconds of the game with Shaq in on the floor with the five fouls instead of having been fouled out of the game. This is not that. This is not a misapplication of the rules. This is a judgment call that the officials missed. The officials mess up calls all the time. If we had a protest granted every single time an official messed up a call that had an impact on the final outcome of a game, we would be rescheduling and protesting games every single day of the NBA calendar. It would happen every single night. So no... This protest is not going to go through. The Knicks are not going to be granted this protest. If they did, I would be absolutely floored if the NBA granted them this protest. So I wouldn't worry about it. Um, the Knicks have to submit a bunch of evidence to the league office, and then the league office has to analyze it and figure it out. It's not going to happen. The They're not going to replay the end of this game. It's, it is what it is. Um, so... 
yeah, I, I, I don't see that. I don't see the Knicks gaining anything out of this. It's just them being frustrated. And I get it again. If, if, if the Rockets were on the receiving end of this, of this crap deal, I'd be frustrated too. But to go and file a protest with the league office over it, over a regular season game in the middle of February, like, come on, man, what, what are we doing here? So no, I think, I think it's a little weak of the Knicks. Like just take the L it sucks. Yes. Every team has been screwed over by the officials multiple times over by the officials. Get over it. Move on. It is what it is. So those are the final thoughts on that. I wouldn't worry about the Knicks protest at all. Coming up on our next episode, we will unpack Emi Odoka's comments and we'll kind of tackle the arguments for each of the different players and how the Rockets could shake up their starting lineup. We're going to do that on our next episode. So be on the lookout for that one. But as always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Just search Locked on Rockets, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.